Well, good morning, wonderful family. Once again, uh, we thank God for His presence and His glory at every location. Cindy and I greet you guys. We miss you terribly, and we wish we were with you physically at every location. I'm so happy that you could be in the house of God this morning. And uh, family, we start a brand new series this morning called Rethinking the Church. And I really want to, I think this is going to be a massively important series for us all to to understand the importance of the church and God's plan in the local church. And uh, the big idea of the series is that it's time to rethink the mission of the local church. It's more than attending a service. It's more than giving in the offering. It's about connecting with the community to pursue a common goal, Jesus. The church as a whole is meant to care for each other, grow together, and reach the world together. This four-week series highlights the important responsibility each believer has to their local congregation. Remember, the church is universal, but it's also local. So it's important for every Christian to belong to a local community a local church that is pursuing Jesus together, caring for one another, growing together, but also reaching their world together. So I'm really looking forward to this four-week series. Um, this this Sunday is week one. And I want to pray as we get into the Word this morning. Um, and I pray that the Holy Spirit will bring revelation to your heart concerning this matter in Jesus' name. So Father, we just thank you for every listener this morning. We thank you, Father, for your presence at all three locations. And whoever's visiting us this morning, Father, we thank you that you will touch their lives with the Word of God, that the presence of God has already gone out in a mighty way in Jesus' name. And I pray that even as we share the Word, even as we read the Word of God together, Holy Spirit, I ask that you would reveal the truth of this matter to our hearts, that we may not only be hearers of the Word, but be doers also, and so, Father, we thank you that we are being transformed into the image of the Lord Jesus Christ more and more and more in Jesus' wonderful name. And all God's people said, Amen and Amen. If you have your Bibles with you, which I'm sure you do, I'd like you to turn this morning to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and I'll be reading from verse 12. To 31. So if you have your Bibles, please turn with me to 1 Corinthians 12, uh, reading uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Sorry, I'll be reading from verse 12 to 31. Family, if there's any person that you've invited to church this morning, please make them feel comfortable. Sit next to them, uh, show them where the scriptures are so that they can read and follow together with you. And I really believe that as the word of God gets sown in your heart this morning, it will produce a harvest in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. So the importance, the big idea really of the message this morning is that the church is like a body where all the parts are connected and working together. The health and the well-being of one part of the body should be a concern to the entire body. So it's, it's, if you look at your own human body, if, uh, if, you're, if there's an ache in your toe, your whole body feels the pain. If there's a part of your body that is not well, uh, the rest of the body is, is discomforted. And there's, it's an important thing to understand that Paul makes an analogy and he makes an example of the human body, but he's trying to illustrate how the church, not only universal, but also the local church, is intricately connected to one another. And when one part of the body is in pain, generally we all feel it. When one part of the body is rejoicing, we should all be 
rejoicing together in the, in the name of Jesus. So I'm going to read the following for you. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12 from verse 12. I'll be reading from the message version of the Bible this morning. And the Bible says, you can easily see, or you can easily enough see how this kind of thing works by looking no further than your own body. Your body has many parts, limbs, organs, cells. But no matter how many parts you can name, you're still one body. It's exactly the same with Christ. By means of His one Spirit, we all said goodbye to our partial and piecemeal lives. We each used to independently call our own shots. But when we entered into a large and integrated life in which He has the final say in everything. Once again, that's Lordship. This is what we proclaimed in the word and action when we were baptized. So it's amazing when you were baptized, you came to the end of yourself and the say that you have over your own life and Christ has now become the Lord of your life. So you are no longer Lord, but he is Lord of everything. Can you say amen to that? Each of us is now part of his resurrection body, refreshed and sustained at one fountain, his spirit where we all come to drink. The old labels we once used to identify with, labels like Jew or Greek, slave or free, colored or black or whatever the case is, are no longer useful. We need something larger, something more comprehensive, the Bible says. In verse 14, it says, I want you to think about how all this makes you more significant, not less. A body isn't just a single blown up, uh, a single part blown up into something huge. It's all the different but similar parts arranged and functioning together. If a foot said, I'm not elegant like the hand, embellished with rings, I guess I don't belong to this body. Would that make it so? If the ear said, I'm not beautiful like the eye, limpid and expressive, I don't deserve a place on the head. Would you want to remove it from the body? If the body was all eye, how could it hear? If it was all ear, how could it smell? As it is, we see that God has carefully placed each part of the body right where he wanted it. So I want you to know this morning that you are right where God wants you to be. That you, are, you are important in the grand scheme of things. You might think, well, I'm not the preacher I'm not the one bringing the word all the time. I'm not the pastor of the church. You might just think that I'm insignificant in this whole picture. You might even say, well, what is my purpose in the body? The fact that God has placed you in the local church, it means there's something that he wants you to minister to, or there's something in you that God wants you to bring to the rest of the body. So you are not an independent individual, but the body is dependent on you functioning, not only in your place, but also in your gifting and also in your calling so that the body of Christ can be built up together. Can you say amen and amen? Verse 19, the Bible says, But I also want to think about how this keeps your significance from getting blown up into self-importance. So here Paul is saying, think about how important you are because your function, your grace, your gifting contributes to the body of Christ, contributes to the nourishment of that one body. But at the same time, there's the other side of the coin. He's also saying, I want you to think about how this keeps your significance from getting blown up into self-importance. He says, for no matter how significant you are, 
It is only because of what you are a part of. Well, that's a powerful statement. I want to read that again. It says, for no matter how significant you are, it is only because of what you are part of. You are not significant in and of yourself. It is because God has placed you in the body of Christ that you now become significant. There's a lot of people that many Christians want to live independent lives. They want to live a life where they think it's just my relationship with God and I don't need the church and I don't need the body of Christ and the Christians don't need me and, you know, I will live independently of them. And the devil has lied to many people saying, well, if you have sinned or you've messed up and you go back to the church, the same people are going to judge you. They're going to criticize you. And he makes you stay away from the very thing that God wants to place you in so that you can have significance because you are part of of something far greater than yourself. It's important to understand that um, a hand by itself has got nothing that it's connected to so that it can function as a hand. So if you are not part and actively involved in the local church, you might think you are significant, but your significance has got no purpose because we are part of one body in the name of Jesus. So he says here, an enormous eye or a gigantic hand wouldn't be a body but a monster. <laughs> Praise God. Imagine just having an enormous eye standing one-sided and it's not connected to something for it to have a purpose. So an eye by itself has got no purpose. A gigantic hand is not the body. It's a monster. What we have is one body with many parts each its proper size and in its proper place. No part is important on its own. Can you imagine eye telling hand, get lost, I don't need you, or head telling foot, you're fired, your job has been phased out. As a matter of fact, in practice, it works the other way. The lower the part, the more basic and therefore necessary. You can't live without an eye, for instance. But he says you can live without an eye, for instance, but not without a stomach. When it's part of your body, or when it's a part of your body you are concerned with, it makes no difference whether the part is visible or clothed, higher or lower. You give dignity and honor just as it is, without comparisons. Paul is making an, a, an impressive analogy here because he says it's amazing that so often we think of the most celebrated titles in the body of Christ as being the most important titles. So, for example, everyone wants to rush off and be the pastor. Everyone wants to be the preacher. Everyone wants to be the one ministering to other people. And many people don't even realize that it's not only the visible parts, the ones that look like they are getting the glory that are the most important. But what about the stomach in you that you don't see? What about uh, your vital organs that you don't see? You see the hand, you see the foot, but you don't necessarily see the stomach. You can live without the eye, but you can't live without your stomach. So Paul is saying, even if you are in the backsides, even if no one notices you, even if you're the person that's serving in the children's church or the children's ministry and you don't get the platform, even if it's you that's assigned to be serving the cake and tea to guests, even if it's you that is assigned to welcoming guests, Whenever they come and visit, even if it's you that has to follow up on people in the week and you're not the one preaching, you are equally important to the functioning of the one body of Christ. 
Just because no one sees you, just because you are not on stage, just because you don't have the mic in your hand doesn't mean that you are less important. In fact, the Bible says those are the parts that are actually the most important. Hallelujah. I think once we get this revelation, we'll stop wanting to be competing with one another for a position or a title in the church, but we'll actually be comfortable with where we are assigned to serve, knowing that your role and your function is equally important, if not more important than the pastor who's preaching on a Sunday. Your role is critically important. Critically important. We need each and every one of you in this church and in the body of Christ to be planted, connected, and serving the purpose of God, regardless of what that is that you are assigned to do in the mighty name of Jesus. Can you say amen at all locations in Jesus' name? So Paul the Apostle says here, he says, you give dignity and honor just as it is without comparisons. See, I think one of the biggest hindrances in the body of Christ today is that so many Christians are in a life of comparison. So many Christians are trying to compare themselves to the person next to him. So many Christians are even condemning themselves because they're living a life of comparison. God has graced you and gifted you for exactly what or, or, or the thing that he's called you for. You don't have to compete with your brother. We are not here for competition. We're here for community. The church is not a place where we compete the church is a place where we are in fellowship and in communion in Jesus' name. And God has graced us all with specific, particular graces. And it's important that you stay in your lane. So often we want to cross lanes and we want to try and become who we are not designed by God to be. Or we don't carry the grace to carry out. And suddenly we want to be that individual. And we think Christianity looks like that. And we all aspire to be that. But it's important that you understand what God has graced you for because this because God is the one who deploys the grace needed for you to carry out your specific task that he's assigned you for in the body of Christ. If anything, the Bible says you have more concern for the lower parts than the higher. If you had to choose, wouldn't you prefer good digestion to full-bodied hair? So the full-bodied hair is what everyone sees. You know, you know, when the ladies have, have their hair all, uh, they've just been to the hairdresser and the hair is all long and shiny and whatever the case is, everybody goes, wow, look at that hair. But wouldn't you prefer good digestion to full-bodied hair? You don't want to be constipated all the time. That's very uncomfortable regardless of how good your hair looks. And this is what Paul is saying. He's saying the stomach, the digestion, no one sees, but the functioning of that digestion is so important to keeping you healthy that most people celebrate the hair, but they don't realize the discomfort as a result of poor digestion. So the parts that no one sees is actually the most vital part of the functioning of the body. Can you say amen to that in the name of Jesus? From verse 25, the Bible says, The way God designed our bodies is a model for understanding our lives together as a church. Every part dependent on every other part. Can you say that wherever you are? Every part dependent on every other part. The parts we mention and the parts we don't. The parts we see and the parts we don't. If one part hurts, every other part involved in the hurt is involved in the hurt and in the healing. Notice there's twofold. 
Every other part is involved in the hurt and in the healing. If one part flourishes, every other part enters into the exuberance. You are Christ's body. That is who you are, the Bible says. You must never forget this. Only as you accept your part of that body does your part mean anything. You see, many people have never known, they've never accepted what part they play in the body of Christ. And the Bible says here, only as you accept your part of that body does your part mean anything. You see, God might have assigned you to be the most faithful children's worker until Jesus comes back. Not every single person is the apostle. Not every single person is the prophet, the teacher, the miracle workers. Those are all parts which many people see. You might never be assigned in the body of Christ to that. But would you be comfortable and would you be faithful in the part that God has assigned you to play, regardless of what that is? And will you be able to execute and carry that out uh, faithfully until the end? I think one of the greatest frustrations in the body of Christ is everyone living a life of comparison. Everyone wants to say, you know what, I want to preach like Pastor Ian, and I want to speak like him, and I want to be able to lead the lost to Jesus like, like he does, or whatever the case is. Let me tell you, brother and sister, the abilities that you see me functioning is all grace gifts. It's not because I'm any different to you. It's not because I try harder or anything. It's a it's based on the pure election of God. And I don't even know many times why God has graced me to be able to do these kind of things, but He alone knows. And if you can just be comfortable and find out what it is and what God wants you to do and what your part is in the body of Christ and accept that part, then your part will start to mean something. But as long as we keep on rejecting and all of us want to be the evangelists, all of us want to be the pastors, all of us want to be the apostles and God and stuff. So if you don't have the grace, if God has not graced you, called you, anointed you and prepared you for that function, you're going to fail in it. But you'll succeed in whatever God has called you for, anointed you, assigned you for in the body of Christ. And if you do that, there will be grace for you to carry out your task in the body of Christ. And it's important. That we understand this. It says, only as you accept your part of that body does your part mean anything. You're familiar with some parts, some of the parts that God has formed in his church, which is his body. Apostles, prophets, teachers, miracle workers, healers, helpers, yes, organizers, those who pray in tongues. But obvious, it's obvious now, and I just want to just want to clarify when it says those who pray in tongues, this is not referring to the heavenly language as a personal private prayer language that God gives to believers. This is referring to the specific gift of tongues for the edification of the body of Christ. It's, so I don't want you to confuse the two. Many people have used the scripture as a validation to say, if I don't speak in other tongues, that means God hasn't, God is God is not referring to that kind of tongue. He's referring to the tongue specifically for the edification of the body of Christ. But every born-again child of God. There's a prayer language, a personal communion language of tongues that God has assigned and given to every single born-again child of God. And it's a language that God has given for you to commune intimately with Him and to speak mysteries in the Spirit that your mind is not able to comprehend. So I just wanted to, to clarify that so that there's no misunderstandings around that. So he says, but it's obvious by now it isn't, or isn't it, that Christ's church is a complete body 
and not a gigantic, undimensional part. It's not, it's, it's not all apostle, not all prophet, not all miracle worker, not all healer, not all prayer in tongues, not all interpreter of tongues. And yet some of you keep competing for so-called important parts. But now I want to lay it out to you a far better way. So Paul the Apostle here, guys, um, is really laying out some critical, critically important things here. Is that the church is really like a body where all parts are connected and working together. The health and the well-being of one part should be a concern of the entire body. We are connected in fellowship together forever in Jesus' name. So 1 Corinthians 12.26 highlights the need for community and fellowship within the body of Christ. We're all moving towards the same goal. And we need to look out for and care for each other as we move forward. So often the church can become a place of competition rather than community. We must rethink our motives if we want genuine love to thrive. Would we be happier? What is happening in the motive of your heart if uh, I assign somebody to lead the life group? Are you comfortable with that? Are you happy with that? Or do you, is there a bit of jealousy and envy that creeps up in your heart when somebody else has been assigned to do something? You've got to search the motive of your heart and say, well, I am important and significant to the body, regardless of whether I am seen or regardless of whether I am unseen. Your part that you play in the health of the local church is critically, critically important for the building up of the body. We need each and every person in this church to come and to be involved in the life of the church for the church to be built up in love in Jesus' name. Number two, the English word fellowship is translated of the Greek word koinonia. So the Greek word for the word fellowship is koinonia. This Greek word is derived from the root koinos, which was a prefix, it, it was like a prefix in ancient Greek. Um, so it meant living in community together, owning a purse in common, a public dispute, or and having a mother in common. The root word fellowship means to hold something in common. How many of you know that we are not just uh, people that are abstractly connected? We are people that we have Christ in common. We we are one family. We are connected in the realm of the Spirit. The day we are born again, we are baptized into the one body of Christ and we are all pursuing the same mission and goal together, which is Jesus. So it's not about pursuing Jesus by yourself. It's about pursuing Jesus in a community of other Christians and we pursue Him together. The other thing is we are on mission together. We are pursuing the same goal, which is to reach our world for Jesus. We want to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we don't do that alone. We do it in the context of the local church. And as a family, we do this. So if you look at 2 Corinthians 8 verse 5, the Bible says, First they gave themselves to the Lord, and then by God's will they gave themselves to us also. So God hasn't just called us to believe in Him, but He's also called us to belong. And it's, so, it's critically important that as a Christian, you need to join a church. I mean, there's many Christians floating around in the body of Christ today that aren't seriously connected to any local church. There's many Christians wandering around in the wilderness of uncertainty 
They're floating around and they're not actually a member. They're not planted, connected to any local church where they are receiving the anointed teaching of God's word, the fellowship of, of the saints in a family where they are on mission together, praying together, caring for one another, and in an environment of love. And it's so sad because those Christians are not nurtured to full maturity. Uh, it's so important, guys, to understand that this is the will of God that every Christian join a local church. Regardless of where you are, you need to be planted and connected to a local church in Jesus' name. Pastor Mark Denver uh, says the following. He says, I'm, conf- I'm concerned that many Christians don't realize how the, the, the most important relationship with God necessitates a number of secondary personal relationships. The relationships that Christ establishes between us and His body, the church. God doesn't mean for these to be relationships that we pick and choose at our whim among the many Christians out there. He means to establish us in relationship with an actual flesh and blood, step on your toes, body of people. It's critical for you to understand how important this is, family. God doesn't just want us loosely connected to a bunch of Christians out there. He wants us, or He wants to establish us in relationship with an actual flesh and blood. Step on your toes, body of people. That's not just a random visit to a church. It's not a random church service visit. It's an actual, real-life walking with other brothers and sisters in the body of Christ. People that can speak into our lives. People that can correct us. People that... That we, that we sit under to receive the teaching of God's word so that we can grow to maturity. So it's important that we understand, guys, that the body of Christ is one body. There are many local churches. God doesn't want you isolated. He wants you connected to the local church where you are planted, connected, and where you can grow. We are one body, but we need every part in this house to function to full capacity for us to grow up in the body of Christ and to grow up in love and to grow up in unity and to reach our world together for Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus. If you're here for the first time this morning, I pray the word of God has touched you and blessed you. You might be here for the first time. You say, Pastor, I don't know Jesus Christ. Let's start there. I understand what you're saying about the church and the body of Christ. I don't even know whether I know the Lord. I don't even know whether I'm born again. Brother, I want to pray with you this morning. I want you to listen to this, to this message, listen to the sound of my voice, and the Holy Spirit will begin to speak to you. I want to say to you, Jesus Christ loves you. Jesus Christ died on the cross and paid the full penalty for all of your sins. Your dirt does not matter to God. You might think, but pastor, I'm too bad. God cannot love me. He loved you while you were a sinner. The Bible says, That God demonstrates his own love towards us in that while we were sinners, Christ had died for us. But I want to say to you, God is not angry. He's not mad. All your sins have been paid for in full, past, present, and future by the death and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. So what does God want from me now, Pastor? Number one, he wants you to repent and acknowledge and say, yes, Lord, I, I did sin. I am a sinner, but I know and I thank you that you forgive me and you love me. Number two, run to Jesus. Don't run away from Him. Run to Him. His presence is right there this morning to rescue you, to save you, and to deliver you. Number three, get connected. 
to a local body of believers. We would love to welcome you into this family. We would love to welcome you as a member of this church and say, I want to make TCM my spiritual home in Jesus' name. If that's you, raise your hand right where you are. People, you'll just come and we'll pray with you. Repeat this prayer after me. Put your hand on your heart. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for dying on that cross for me. I confess that I was born into sin and that I'm a sinner and I cannot save myself. Lord Jesus, thank you that through your death, burial, and resurrection, and believing what you did for me, thank you that all my sins have been forgiven and cleansed, that I'm washed in the blood of the Lamb. I come to you this morning, I open my heart, and I ask you to, and I invite you into my life. Lord Jesus, come and be the Lord of my life, the ruler of everything. I come to you, I receive you now as my personal Lord and Savior. Thank you for rescuing me. Thank you for giving me a peace I never had. Thank you for giving me a joy I never had. And I know that from today I'm in right standing with God in the name of Jesus. Give me the grace to live for you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer this morning, God has heard it. The angels heard it. Jesus heard it. The Holy Spirit heard it. You are born again. You are a brand new child of God. The people at the different locations are ready to show you what to do, what the next steps are to get connected into the fellowship of the saints in Jesus' wonderful name. Family, we love you. We bless you. Meditate on this word. It's going to be an awesome series. Don't forget to invite your world every single time you gather in the week. Get out, share the love of Jesus, preach the gospel boldly, invite your world to church, and let's make an eternal difference and an impact in the lives of each and every person. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.